Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, welcome in. It's Blue Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. Standing across from me, Jackson Burkett, the uh, NBA analyst here on 101 ESPN. I've given him that title. I, I, and I accept graciously, Tim. So, uh, Jackson, here's what we got going on. Uh, I'm taking my son to, uh, my wife and I are taking my son to his first ever Cardinal game today. 12-15 start, Adam Wainwright on the mound. Adam Wainwright is his favorite. He's four. Um, and, uh, Wainwright, we were at spring training. God, this had to have been 2019, but 2019, no, it's 2020 pre like right before February. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. And, uh, and we were walking through the lot and Wainwright saw him stopped, knelt down, talked to him and, you know, incredible just on his own yeah. i didn't say hey adam you probably know me i'm a big star for mayhem <laughs> radio and i interviewed you when i had hair in kmov in 2004 uh i just uh he just did it on his own and um and so when i asked my son if he wanted to go to a cardinal game and he said yes uh and i said who do you want to see play he said adam wainwright i said i need to make sure that i that i get him to a game in 2022 yeah because Adam Wainwright uh, could be done. Yadier Molina will likely catch when Wainwright is starting, so that will have that. And then hopefully he will get a chance to see Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Ryder, uh, executive producer extraordinaire here of 101 ESPN, just tweeted out the lineup. And, of course, with Wainwright uh, in there, we know that Yadier Molina is the catcher. Albert Pujols is not the DH. Brendan Donovan is hitting second behind Lars Newtbar in right field. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Gorman, O'Neill, Carlson, Molina, Edmund. There is your lineup for today's 12-15 start as the Cardinals go for the sweep. But maybe, maybe Albert Pujols will have a pinch-hitting appearance. Yeah. Like, throw a lefty in there, see old number five come up to uh, the plate. Do you remember your first Cardinal game? I remember the first one I can remember. So I, I think my parents took me like when I was like one or two. Ah. And so I don't obviously don't remember that. But the first one I remember, J.D. Drew hit a home run. And I remember being terrified of the fireworks. Oh, is that right? Uh, scared the hell out of me. But it was at Bush 2. super young then. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably, I it was probably four. Um, well, he's four. Yeah. And that's that, That's why I remember it. This is the first one I remember. Okay. It's J.D. Drew hitting a home run. And he became then became my favorite player. But being terrified of fireworks at four is a little surprising. I listen, I don't, I, you, you, you know where I am. Mm-hmm. We are who we are. Right. But I'm just surprised by that. At two, I would kind of understand. At four, you know. I was scared of the fireworks, and I was really afraid of Fred Bird. I did not like the fact that he would he'd put the beak at, four, on the, at the kid's head. At four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just surprised by that. Listen, I'm not going to litigate my fear. But, I mean, now, now, now. Now you have evolved into St. Louis's most eligible bachelor, so mm-hmm. perhaps that would be a good thing if there was a home run today and my son were scared by fireworks and he were petrified of Fred Bird putting the beak on his head. The beak on the head thing, that, that was legitimately scary. Okay. Uh, Tim, first game I went to, I sat in Lankford's Landing. Lankford's Landing? 
Right? I don't Langford? remember that. I really don't remember that. I remember home run or homers landing. That was in left field at Bush Stadium too. That's where they put the media during the playoffs. That was the annex, not okay. all of the media. Right. The C listers like me. <laughs> right. Uh, guys, the little piddles nickname makes even more sense now. Uh, my son is seven and he's terrified of Fred Bird and Louie. It's ridiculous. This guy sounds disappointed in the situation. That's from the 309. Uh, Tim, I remember the first one I can remember. That was what we just heard. That's from the 636. And actually, if you use any critical thinking whatsoever, it makes perfect sense. I was taken to a game before I Now you're I care- insulting the intelligence of the texters, and now it's unfortunate. I thought this was going to be a wonderful, nostalgic balloon party today where all of us, despite our differences, would gather around the hearth and share our memories of our first baseball game with our friends or our families or, or perhaps taking our kids to the game for the first time, and instead you just said that this gentleman or lady did not possess any critical thinking and now it's going to be in a hostile antagonistic hour and it's not what i wanted it's yeah. not well things change yeah I, I i was taken to a game before i had any memories so the first one i can remember is the one i remember i mean it, it does it's first not first one i remember it's like if a tree falls in the forest i remember the first sense. game that i have memories of <sighs> tim it's exhausting sometimes i uh, you did it. These people were ready for the nostalgic hour, and now it's like, okay, well, here we go. It's going to be Lil Piddles. Tim, you should change his name from Lil Piddles to Lil Snobby. Is Jackson afraid of Louie, too, or is he just not familiar with who he is? That's from the 636. I probably didn't go to the Blues game till I was a oh, teenager. No. Oh, boy. Seriously, probably a teenager. My parents would have never taken me. Were you streaming the Nuggets game on your phone while it was playing out in front of you? I was watching some sort of basketball, yeah. That's why I grew up. That was, that was a home of home of hoops. Yeah, it was uh, August 21st, 1982 for my first game, and so we will have August 18th, 2022 for his. And I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this moment yeah, it's gonna be well awesome. before he was born. And I wanted to wait personally because I remember my game so vividly. I was about to turn six. I was five. And uh, and it meant so much to me. It began my love affair with the game of baseball, and so I was like, I want to make sure that we make this, you know. And I and I, on the off chance that down the road it will be, you know, something important to him, because I know a lot of people say, I don't really remember it, but my parents took me and I got a chance to see Stan Musial play. Or I don't really remember it, or I do remember it, and I got a chance to see Bob Gibson or Lou Brock or take your pick of Ozzy Smith, whatever. So in this case, and as I said to Dan McLaughlin when he was with us yesterday, he tweeted out on Sunday after Albert's two home run game, make sure if you have kids to get them to the ballpark this year because they're probably not going to see anything like this. And I I was always intent on taking him to a game this year because of exactly what Dan was talking about, in addition to Wainwright and Molina, not knowing the Wainwright situation, Um, but certainly the Molina situation and the pool situation. And so that is... uh, that is the, the reasoning. It's about 12-15 game and beautiful weather. Wainwright start. It's a perfect storm. Yeah. You know, I'll give you a little nostalgia. Oh, uh, my oh my gosh. So I've been on record saying that 2006 is like the first season where I like really got into baseball. And, of course, it was great. It was the World Series. It was also the first year of Bush 3. And so, you know, for years and years, uh, my family had season tickets that we'd split with a bunch of other people. So we'd go to like 10 games a year. And I would sit in these same seats, and every time I would go, I just had the pleasure of watching Albert Pujols, who's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And it's like, as a kid, you don't even think anything of it. But now that I look back, so fortunate to see that. Most fans don't get to see that for 10 years. So 
uh, I went to the game Friday, last Friday, and Albert pl- Albert started. And so to sit in those same exact seats that I sat in just as a little kid and to see Albert come up to What are the chances you had the same exact seats? Uh, it's the same season tickets that my parents have always had. Oh, it has to be nice, for, isn't it? Yeah, it's wonderful, yeah. Split well, season tickets. we all like to have that opportunity? <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. But to see him and then the whole place still, they still give standing O every time he comes up for the first time because, like me, it's the first time you've got to see Albert this year. I've been to Carnival games before, but he didn't start those games. So to see that again, it brought me back to my childhood and it made me smile. Tell little chapped ass to figure it out. His daddy's stocks must be declining today or something. That's from the 314. Is your father's portfolio off to a bad, bad start on the street? I mean, I I feel like that's got to be private information. This would be some kind of SEC violation if we were to disclose your your father's portfolio on the show. I just don't think that's, I just don't think it's... He's a retired public educator. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Wow, season tickets. Good for you. My first game, I wanted to see my favorite player, Willie McGee. He was a bench player in his final year, 99, right? My dad made us leave early, and I missed his pinch hit, and I was devastated. Stay till the end in case Albert comes up. Have a great time. Thanks. That's from the 636. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that is certainly the plan. Now, as those of you with little children or can recall your time with you know four-year-old know, we are only in control of so many things, and I don't know how this whole thing is going to play out. For me... When I was five and went to the game, it was one of, and still is, one of the greatest days of my life. And I couldn't get enough of it. I remember my mom saying, okay, stand right here. And we, of course, did not have season tickets growing up in the 63109. Uh, You don't even know what that is outside of when you fill out a 1099 to pay the maid. You just know that's where she resides. Pretty sure that's my current zip code. (laughs) It is not. It's one over. Well, it doesn't count. You know, uh, but uh, but she said, stand up and take a picture and you'll be right. And Daryl Porter will be standing right next to you, the Cardinal Catcher World Series MVP. And I was so caught up in what I believed at the time was the magic of the event that somehow Daryl Porter would be transported from down there at the plate. Where, of course, being from South City, I could barely see him. I didn't have season tickets. I don't know if I right. said that. And that he would be standing right next to me. So then when we got the pictures back from the Fox photo that replaced the White Castle at the corner of Hampton and Chippewa, I was very disappointed to see that Daryl Porter himself wasn't standing next to me, but rather he was, oh, I would say, you know, a thousand feet away. <laughs> and I thought somehow Daryl Porter would be appearing. That would have been nice. But... It would have been nice. Yeah. And two months later, he'd be the World Series MVP. But they had the Lonnie Smith inside the park home run. Glenn Brummer stole home the next day, and I was hooked. So we'll see what happens today. Either way, he gets to see Adam Wainwright pitch, and that's yes. really that's really what uh, he wants, and he always talks about Yachty. So can't wait. Chance for the Cardinals to sweep today with Adam Wainwright on the mound. Action Jackson has his little piddles probabilities. That is coming up in a matter of moments. Your texts, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, and your mic drops using the 101 ES. ESPN app are all welcome. Tim McKernan with you. The pro- program is called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you till the top of the hour. BK and Ferrario coming up at 11 a.m. And Action Jackson on what is. We've gotten some wonderful texts here. Despite your attempt to rub your wealth in the face of me and the audience, and really, from my standpoint, everybody at Hubbard Radio, uh, 
the audience is looking past that and celebrating memories of their first game or taking their children to for their first games, whether it be Cardinal game or Blues game or what, what, what have you and, and whatnot. Uh, my first game uh, was real high up uh, with my grandfather. I remember how excited he was to point out Ray Langford, Ozzie Smith, and Willie McGee. We weren't as fortunate as little piddles to grow up having old money. That is from the 314. Hey, Tim, I generally text you with hate and with anger, but I have to say it's great hearing you on 101. Uh, you are the best in St. Louis. Uh, Jackson, how about that? That was sent in by me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it was your dad. Sorry, a quote-unquote public educator doesn't have a place in the Hamptons or Cardinal season tickets. Was your father an educator in Dubai, WTF? That's from the 636. It is It is suspicious, and now I wonder if an investigation is going to be launched here. I don't know what to tell you. Boy, that's, fiscally that responsible. Really a great defense case. You might want to retain counsel. A fiscally responsible family. Tim, today it's the best times. Make sure you take pictures. That's from the three one four. Yeah, I will. I mean, my social media has gone from like playing poker and being intoxicated in Las Vegas to basically only my my wife and my children. That is what that you see the change. It's a natural progression. Is it? Yeah, I mean, everyone's... Are you, as a young bachelor in St. Louis, irritated by the pictures that people post of their children on the first day of school? Does that anger you? No. Okay. No, it's a special moment for the parents, for the kids. But your voice got higher there as far as the pitch. It, it's. I'm being 100% sincere. I think it's great. I think people enjoying their children is just part of life. Okay. For, this is a day I have been looking forward to. I don't know how long, but probably like a decade even though he's only right. four years old i've just been like i can't wait to take my child to a cardinal game yeah I boy think girl whatever very special I going on yeah so i cannot wait you've taken him to a blues game and it was awesome right took him to the blues and canadians yeah. uh midway through the season and not surprisingly considering the state of the canadians that was a victory for uh laze note uh i took my five-year-old to a blues game at the end of the year thinking we'd leave after the second period and to my surprise she loved it and wanted to stay the entire game they certainly do run the show once you get there yeah it's from the 314 i'll set the over under on number of innings we last at six and a half now i want to stay for all nine because i want him to be able to see albert pools on the off chance he pinch hits for those of you just joining us he's not in the lineup today right hander on the mound for colorado wayne right on the mound for the cardinals so molina is in there uh, jackson over under six and a half go I've been with your son on the golf course, high energy guy. I'd say over. I'd say over. Because if do you feel like if you say under, then you're saying he's a bit of an S disturber and no. you don't want to? No, because when I was that age, I probably I'd be surprised if I lasted that long. Um, not at all. I'm just saying that I think he's gonna really enjoy it. And I, there's so much to do at Bush Stadium. Just walking around in itself is like you could do that for an hour. So I think that I think you go. I'm, I'm going to say you go all nine. Okay. We'll see if I need to be on. a quick game. That's going to be a part I of it. I would agree with that part of it. Yeah. I took my daughter to her first game when she was five. We were in the right field seats, and Willie McGee was playing right field. She loved Willie, and when he came out to his position, she screamed, Hi, Willie! He turned around and waved, and she has loved baseball ever since. It's amazing what a little gesture can do. That's from the 385. Uh, you know, that, that's, that. I did this interview with Barry Bonds when I was doing television. And there were people, we were in the Giants' dugout. And I was, I don't know what I was, 23, 24. And so there wasn't the awareness I would have now where I probably wouldn't have asked this question. But he was just, I mean, he was shooting from the hip. 
and people were leaning over and he was he was going on what I have to say, even though I know it wouldn't necessarily be popular, what I thought was a good point, which is we don't get paid to do interviews. We get paid to play baseball and win games. Right. And then I do interviews with you guys. And he was being really friendly to me, even though it might not sound like it as I retell the story. Uh, but then I do the interviews and then you guys rip me. So if I say something wrong, I get ripped. And then I do you guys a favor because I'm not getting paid to do this. And you rip me and I have nothing to gain from it. So that's why I don't like to do interviews because I think I asked him, why don't you like to do interviews? Because otherwise I have no idea how to have gotten the topic. And so then as a redirect, I said, okay, I understand that. But look at these kids hanging over the, the dugout right now looking to, to, you know, if you walk over there and for two minutes, and let's say you can sign 10 autographs in two minutes, I think that's probably about right. Right. That is a memory for those 10 kids for the rest of their lives. It truly is. Right. I can remember like kind of the randoms who signed baseballs for me when I was growing up and going to games at Bush Stadium. Uh, and he goes, man... He goes, you can never make everybody happy. And that's the problem with it. You do one, and then people are mad that you didn't stick around to do the other. Yeah. So that was the thought process. But Willie McGee turning around and waving took him a half of a second, and this gentleman's uh, or this lady's granddaughter remembers it forever. It's amazing how it uh, works out that way. Uh, my son lost his father when he was 11, and some of his happiest memories are watching baseball games with his dad that is from the 636 my dad took me to my first game in 2004 i remember seeing albert had a bomb and yadi had just debuted not that long ago sat in the nosebleeds of bush too we'll remember that game forever that is from the 618 all right lil piddles has his over unders we will have those and we will also talk about do we have the sound from dennis eckersley i know we played it on yeah, TMA. We yeah we'll play that leads into another question because uh, the Cardinals do get to see the Pirates a good amount more, and it's certainly beneficial. But Dennis Eckersley, the former Cardinal reliever, is the Red Sox broadcaster on Nesson. This is his final year, and he just kind of laid into the Pirates organization as he was calling the Red Sox and Pirates. We'll play that for you, and then it'll uh, extrapolate uh, some of that into a current-day topic. Uh, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Felt a little wobbly on that one too, didn't you? Uh, so I freestyle these now, as you know. Uh, there's no copy in front of me. So I, I superstar small forward is right. kind of a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. And you bring alliteration into play. And, and yeah. sure, radio scouts all over the country are tuned into these updates and and they're like, oh, man, that's great. He used alliteration. But then if you struggle with it, mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, the proof is in the pudding. What's the proof? Uh, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Honesty in the media. Thank you. you uh, feel free to get involved in the show. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. You can use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. Uh, Jackson, uh, you have sent over what you call Lil Piddles over unders. I have. All right. Uh, Albert Pujols over under 694 home runs. So the question essentially is asking, will Albert Pujols hit six home runs or more the rest of the way? I'm going to say... Because he's at 689. I'm going to say over. <sighs> it's August 18th. Gosh. I mean, here, here's, here's where I think most of us in the St. Louis area or with St. Louis ties and listening to a St. Louis sports station are. You want to say yes, 
And I do want to say yes. And I might wind up saying yes, but because I am bat crap, I am going to wind up workshopping it like my answer really matters. He's hit 10 through approximately four months. That's mm-hmm. that's basically the math because uh, the season started a little later. And so you're now asking for in less than, you know, I mean, God, half of that for him to double the production. Yeah. Mathematically. Right, right, right. You're just saying. If you're prorating it. So, but I do think he's going to get more opportunities. They are playing some clown shows. And I, it, there's just something about him rising to the occasion. And that, that's gone on forever. It's just been a trademark of his career. So I am going to go with yes. So if I really did, if I had to lay down an amount of money that to me matters, and I recognize that amount of money to me that matters is for you a rounding error. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I would I would actually bet the over on that total. Now you put the man to the test here with the over-under on the team's wins. 93.5 wins for the Cardinals. For the record, they are currently 65 and 51, and that is 116 games played, which means there are 46 games remaining, and then that means that they would have to win 29 of those 40. How many did I say there? 46. 46. Is that right? Yes, 46 games remaining. 29 of 46. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over with the week schedule coming up and the pitching improvements. I think they go over it. The tough thing on it is this. I think most people who observe the schedules and observe, observe the Brewers ever since the Josh Hader deal and the, the Brewers having to play the Dodgers. The Brewers are very lucky they won two nights ago. They lost yesterday and they have more Dodgers coming that – I think what could wind up causing the Cardinals not to go over that total is they get to a spot where they clinch, relatively speaking, early. Yeah. And so they'll be hovering right around. I mean, winning 94 games is a damn good ball club. Yeah, seriously. Um, Even in the NL Central. And that's important to include that. That's important to include because it does matter. So that's why the fact that the Cardinals won 100 in 2015 when the NL Central had the Cubs winning 98 or 97 and the Pirates, believe it or not, winning 98 or 97 really stood out. Now, certainly it was top-heavy, but at least it was three out of five teams winning close to 100 games. That was... That's incredible. That was crazy. I'm sure the Cubs really feel like they missed out on that with the Mets going to the World Series uh, and, and beating them. So with all of that said... Oh, man, it's a t- that's a really nice number. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. All right. But I feel like it's gonna wind up like right at 92, 93. I would 93 say, and a half is. Yeah, I would think the under is like minus one twenty, and the over is like even plus one ten mm-hmm. because you know Cardinals have shown that they can be inconsistent at times. Uh, and a final one: Missouri football over under 11 a.m. kickoffs. I saw this initially when you sent it over yesterday, and I thought over under. I thought we just did this on the wind total over under 11 a.m. kickoffs. Now the thing about the 11 a.m. kickoff is it actually isn't considered by the television partners of the SEC to be as bad as, at the very least, many Missouri fans feel it is. Now, some Missouri fans love it. Yeah, friend of the show who's going to be joining us every Friday here on uh, 101 ESPN, Gabe DeArmond, uh, you know, likes them as a media guy because he gets up, covers it, and can write and do his stuff and is done. Gets his evenings. 
My thought process on the 11 a.m. kickoff specific to home games is it isn't good to build the program from a fan base standpoint because much of the fan base is driving a couple of hours from St. Louis or Kansas City. And part of the college football experience is tailgating. And if you're going, okay, we got to get up at 6, and then we get there at 8, 8.30, maybe 9. Now we have an hour, hour and a half before we're heading into the stadium. It just isn't it isn't a great thing. And I feel like, and I could be off on this, but the last couple of games against Georgia have been 11 a.m. kickoffs. Definitely last year's, and I, I want to say the years before that. The, the, the ones in Columbia last year, they were between the, the, between hedges. the hedges. But with there. that said, uh, we already know that the 11 a.m. game uh, for K State, State and, and at the time is 11 a.m. I should say for K State. Yeah, and then Abilene Christian is also 11 a.m. That's already yes. in stone. So two of them are already slated for 11 a.m. But we also know that Louisiana Tech is not. That's a 7 p.m. game. And we also know that Arkansas is not. That is a 2:30 game. Okay, yeah. so now it puts the man to the test because we have eight games to and pick two of, from. Two of them are 11 and a half, 11 a.m. games. So, I'm going to go with the under. So it's five. I'm going to feel pretty good about the under actually. I, I I don't I don't know if I really would want to bet the Pujols over six ninety four, and I don't know that I would really want to bet the Cardinals under ninety three and a half. But I feel good on betting the under on Missouri eleven a.m. kickoffs. The actual dog crap time slot for SEC is three p.m. Yeah, that's when it's like oh Vanderbilt's in town. Right, and right. They stick at three p.m. on the SEC network. So I set the number at five and a half. I think the number is gonna be five. So I'm gonna put under. Um, I think Georgia will be. Uh, I don't think Kentucky and Florida will be. Auburn is. That's going to be the one that decides it. I don't know if I, I know for the Georgia game, the schedule for the SEC that week is crazy. So I'm already anticipating that being an 11 o'clock start. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. If I, yeah, because Georgia, you, that'll go on ESPN, and they're like, "Well, we can get Georgia, and we'll put them on 11 o'clock. Right, it's not going to be a very good game." Right. Which is also noon on the Those East Tigers Coast. could be undefeated though. Those Tigers could be undefeated though. That would make me so fired up. That makes me so fired up. Under the lights, 7 p.m. start, ESPN, Missouri. Now ranked 18th in the country after surprising the Kansas State Wildcats and causing Brian Harson to lose his job at Auburn. They head home to take on the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. That I, I'd have to go to Columbia for that. It'd be like Missouri, Oklahoma in 2010. It would be. And well, then the if result they won, would be the same. But, but if they did win, goalposts would probably go down, take it right to Harpo's. Do you, would you feel awkward doing that now that you're an, an alum? I could pass for I could pass for a senior. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, Action Jackson's uh, poll is uh, in with his little piddles, overs, unders. All right, we got Dennis Eckersley here. Now, former Cardinal, more known for his time with the A's and, and the Cubs, but uh, been a Red Sox broadcaster for a long time. I believe he finished his career in Boston. And he this is he's in his last year and and broadcasters oftentimes kind of see the light and go, "You know what? I don't really care and here's what I have to say." So they're calling the Red Sox in Pittsburgh and uh, here is uh, Dennis Eckersley making an observation on the talent that is the Fighting Pirates of uh, Pittsburgh. You talk about a no-name lineup. I, I, there's no team like this. Love to see some of the service time you add it all up. It's not much. You know, just came from Kansas City seeing all those young kids. That's this is different though. Doesn't it seem different? Did they have a lot of prospects they're playing over there? And, this and serious prospects. Yes. The guys who are gonna be in the big leagues. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. They have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Last year they were actually 30th. It's ridiculous. It really is. Pathetic. 
Former Sox GM Ben Charrington is the Pirates general manager and he has gone about rebuilding their farm system. Yeah tell me they have a great farm system. Tell me they do. That's what they're doing I assume. Trying. There it is Dennis Eckersley not really high on the Pirates. No. Uh, so the question that Jackson asks and we will set this up with uh, the people here and you can text your answers in 65780 and I will give my opinion. Uh, we talked on TMA yesterday about Dennis Eckersley's comments that we just played here on 101 ESPN. And while it was humorous, I think it sparks a larger discussion about the state of Major League Baseball. The Pirates have a total payroll of just over $65 million. On the flip side, the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers each have a payroll of over a quarter billion dollars. With this discrepancy in payouts each season, how are these smaller payroll teams supposed to compete? What's the motivation for fans to come to the ball yard? My question to you is, would you be in favor of MLB instituting a salary cap and salary floor moving forward? What would be some of the pros and cons? And do you think owners and MLB brass would be on board? Your thoughts on the topic? We will discuss it on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN and uh, BK and Ferraro coming up in about 10 minutes here. Jackson poses the question after we heard Dennis Eckersley calling the Red Sox and Pirates game. Just really going after the Pirates and the, the no-name lineup that was out there. And he was like, I'd love to see the service time on this group. And so, Jackson, you pose the question about the possibility of a salary cap and a salary floor. And that was certainly something that... I would imagine the owners would have loved to have gotten going uh, in the negotiations during the work stoppage, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's automatically tabled because there's just no interest on the part of the players to take on a salary cap. Right. So that's, it's it's, it's a bit, well, I don't want to say it's a bit of a non-starter. It just is a non-starter. Right. I personally would love it. Personally, I would love it. Uh, as much as I love the fact that the Cardinals are in the position that they are in, um, and they deserve credit for being in the position that they are in, I think we would all, if we were to be honest, and maybe people can't rattle off the Major League Baseball standings, but acknowledge that the Cardinals' record is in part because they get to play three teams that had no interest in competing this year 18 times. There mm-hmm. is not a balanced schedule in baseball at the moment. John Smoltz was mentioning during a game recently how until baseball has that, it's not fair, and they are trying to institute it. But with that said, um, you it, it's like we were talking about with Missouri's football schedule. You have teams where you're excited to watch the game, and then you have teams where you're just like, okay, well, they better win that one. In a way, it's kind of like this series. Uh, you've had multiple Rockies. I don't want to say popping off, but just saying this is just gross. We're just right. no good, and yeah. you know we just lose. And and so when you look at at the major leagues this year, uh, we'll just go National League. Uh, you have a three twenty eight winning percentage with the Nationals, a three eighty five winning percentage with the Pirates, three ninety seven with the Reds, four twenty two with the Cubs, and four twenty nine with the Rockies. I mean, those are egregious. They're all well more than 10 games under 500. And so when you see them as a fan of another team, you're like, oh, good, we'll get a chance to win. But how much does that lead to an exciting product for the game when half the teams are not competing? Yeah. Um, now, 
I think to jump to the conclusion that football success is because of parity would be aggressive. Yeah. However, the fact that on any given year, a team from Green Bay, Wisconsin, which has to be the smallest market of any of the teams in the four major leagues uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in North America, uh, has a chance to win, speaks to the power of that, which was Pete Rozelle, the former commissioner's goal. So along those lines, I personally would love to see it. I think it actually would be good for the game. But if I played the game, and I know some guys who, who played the game listen to the show, they'd say, yeah, it's just, first off, it's never going to happen. And secondly, we have a responsibility to the guys before us to not give in on what was one of the most important things, and that was to never have a salary cap. But what you're finding, and I think you're seeing more of this as the years go on, and I would imagine if you went decade over decade over decade, you would see more of it that you have more teams. Yeah, you could wind up with a team that has a bad year, like the Cardinals finished in last place in 1990, for example. It's also the last time they have finished in last place, and I think they hadn't finished in last place in decades. I mean, I'm talking going back to the earlier part of the 20th century, that you have a number of teams going into the season where you just go, well, they're not competing, they're not competing, they're not competing. Okay, here are the 14 who who have a chance, and then of the chance, here are the 10 that really could win the World Series. Right. And I don't think that that is good for the game. It's nice that the Cardinals get to pile up wins, but if the shoe were on the other foot and the Cardinals were in a division where three other teams were really competing, like, say, if you want to look at the American League East, where everybody is 500 or above, uh, and you'd be going, man, the Cardinals are in a spot here where they may not get into the playoffs because they're playing a bunch of good teams. So if you're a team like, I don't know, the Padres or the Phillies, and you're going... Man, I mean, this is brutal. We might not get into the playoffs because the Cardinals and Brewers are getting to feast on yeah, exactly. the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds. So it's it's a year-by-year thing. Because in 2015, the National League Central was the best division in baseball. Premise being a salary cap and a salary floor would help end that. Yeah. And it would incentivize ownerships in Pittsburgh uh, or in Cincinnati where they just traded away the team before the season to not play that game. I think it'd be good for the game, and I think it would be good for fan interest, whereas people might, now might be picking and choosing games they watch or games that they spend money on tickets because they don't want to see essentially quadruple-A franchises and spend their money on those. Exactly, yeah. yep. And when you spend, like we've said, a fraction of what some of these top teams can spend, when you think in the GM's mind, like how much can they really do? And that already, like you said, like is what's what can they what can they do to compete when they a, have to play teams a bunch that you know other teams don't and then they there's they can't spend the same amount the Yankees are spending you know almost 300 million dollars what are you supposed to do I am a person that always says thank God the Cardinals are in the National League Central and I say that because if they were in the east or west I believe they would be the third or fourth best team in those divisions and would probably never see the playoffs but knowing the Cardinals front office builds the team based on the division I would love to know what they would do if they were in the east or west. Uh, would they be a lot more active in the off season? That is from the nine eight zero. Um, I think it's a case by case basis over the last few years, and I realize, you know, the, the Montgomery acquisition, which we've certainly spent a good amount of time on here. Um, had that been talked about, and say he wasn't with the Yankees because it wouldn't have you wouldn't have heard about it, uh, or you didn't hear about it in part because he was with the Yankees. 
and the Cardinals got him, I think there would have been even more enthusiasm. I think there's a great deal of enthusiasm now because of the way he is pitched. Yeah. You have to really, you know, for me, it's it's playing fantasy and daily fantasy, which is why I am aware of, you know, from my standpoint anyway, how good he is and how great that that deal was and why I was so excited by it. My point in that is part of the validation for a fan base is when the fan base sees its team land the big fish. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery may be every bit as valuable to the Cardinals as Luis Castillo is to the Mariners or Montez is to the Yanks. The Yankees. Yeah. But in the case of Castillo and Montez, there was a lot of talk about those guys Definitely. leading into it. And so the Mariners fan base and the Yankees fan base, for as much as they can be, because they certainly have high expectations, had to be like, man, we're really going for it this year. Whereas Montgomery wasn't talked about and the Cardinals got him. And so it wasn't necessarily like, yes, they're going for it this year because he came out of absolutely nowhere. If I'm not mistaken, uh, either Rick Hummel or Derek Gould has an article this morning in the Post-Dispatch or a podcast with Michael Gersh maybe talking about how the Montgomery deal happened because it was a deal that nobody saw coming. It wasn't being talked about. Right. And part of that is because it was a chicken and egg situation with the Yankees acquiring Montez. And then also uh, they were in talks with the Marlins on Pablo Lopez. Point being... There is a validation that comes from the trade deadline that your team is going for it. And I think Cardinal fans had felt a lack of that over the last, and justifiably so, number of years because the Cardinals hadn't made those moves. But while Quintana isn't necessarily glamorous, you've seen what he's able to do with a team behind him that's competing, unlike the Pirates. And Montgomery has just been ridiculous. Lights out, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, he's been incredible. And just how different the game feels or the season feels or a series feels when you know... Man, you've got Wainwright and Michaelis and Montgomery and Quintana. It yeah. just changes things because it's a domino effect on the games after that where the bullpen isn't spent. You saw Palante's importance last night in the win. Yeah, and, you know, there would be days where it wasn't a Michaelis or Wainwright and be like, oh, here we right. go. And who, can they get four innings out of this guy and the right. bullpen's going to be worn down? So Michaelis and Wainwright better come through in the next few games. Oh, here comes Hudson. He better be able to get through it. And Armal's just going to have to let him stick out there and eat yeah. it because they the bullpen's beat down. Right. And then that can impact a higher scoring game where you have to make moves. So it was a chain reaction move. But to get that guy, my goodness, I, it's still just... We'll see what happens. The Yankees wound up getting one last night with a Josh Donaldson Grand Slam walk-off. Yeah. Um, but that is a that is a situation to keep an eye on, and they certainly have the uh, the Yankees and Boone and Cashman in the crosshairs. And I'm not saying it's because of the Montgomery deal, but that certainly did not help the situation as they've been spiraling in New York. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.